Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A loving son. He called me Pops. I called him Bud. Beloved brother. Felt like a little mama. <laughs> and loyal friend. As soon as I found out, I drove up here goes missing without a trace on a cold winter's night in Georgia. And she said, Kelly's not here. Kelly's gone. I knew something was wrong then. I just knew. And an army of volunteers. Anything that you need. Helps a desperate family on a mission. Our biggest struggle was getting someone to listen. Chance, hunt. The dogs will tell us if Kelly's here. Clues emerge. He looked happy. I mean, it just looked like a normal trip to the store. Only to pose more questions. There's a finger moving. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's still an open investigation. And a determined group will stop at nothing to find Kelly Nash. It's the new year, 2015, in Buford, Georgia. A sprawling suburb and weekend retreat just 25 miles from downtown Atlanta. This lakeside community is home to Alan Nash and his son, Kelly. We moved here when Kelly was about five years old. So all his childhood friends have been developed here in this area. And both uh, Holly and Kelly had a tremendous childhood. It's beautiful, and we were raised here, so when we come back, it's just something inside, just feels right. With one of Georgia's top school districts and a champion football team, Buford is booming. And as a custom home builder, Alan Nash, along with his son Kelly, have been expanding the market one house at a time. The housing market is going up, and so they just started working on new houses. Um, some of the nicer neighborhoods in town. But on January 5th, all construction comes to a halt when Alan's 25-year-old son and protege goes missing. For 10 days, it's been all hands on deck in the desperate search for Kelly Nash. 
What we want to do today is really focus on giving people a target area okay. and then really saturating that area. We've set up the anonymous tip line and we're getting tips from that. My life's on hold. I don't know, I don't know from minute to minute what I'm going to be doing. I certainly can't tell you what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. The only thing right now that is consistent is that I'll be looking for my son. It was a little after 7.30 in the morning on Monday and uh, the phone rang and I looked over and saw that it was Kelly. We had a big week lined out. For over a year, Kelly has been working as a site supervisor for his dad's building company. Kelly was getting in about 30 hours uh, a week for me and he uh, was also going to school full time. He was carrying a full load at GGC. Kelly only has one semester left at Georgia Gwinnett College to earn his accounting degree. Obviously, working with your dad, you're going to have stress, and there's going to be certain issues that come up. But he seemed like he was just taking it in stride and enjoying doing what he does. I had told him that if you want to be in this business, I'll help you get where you need to be to be able to, to run this, to do it yourself. Alan had a lot to teach Kelly, and Kelly loved to learn. I would say that Alan was Kelly's best friend, other than me. <laughs> Um, yeah. He said, Dad, this is really what I want to do. I want to use my accounting degree as a backdrop to be able to build a bigger, stronger business. And I was all in for that. I couldn't have made me as a father any happier. When Kelly's number pops up on Alan's caller ID that Monday morning, Alan's impressed his son is on task. Sometimes I might not have answered it at 7.35 in the morning, because, uh, but I knew that he was, he had a big week. You know, I said, hey, bud. That's what I always call him. He called me Pops. I called him Bud. And it was not Kelly. It was Jessica. So I'm like, okay, this is going to sound weird, but have you heard from Kelly? Have you talked to Kelly? Did you come get Kelly for whatever reason? Maybe it's for some work thing early this morning? And she said, um, Alan, this is like the weirdest thing. You know, Kelly's not here. Kelly's gone. I'm like... Well, where'd he go? She said, I, I, I don't know. He said, his truck's here, his wallet's here, his keys are here, everything is here. But I went in, jumped in the car, and I went over to the house, and I went through the house once, you know, every closet, everything. I thought, all right, is he, you know, hiding from her, just messing with her or something? And uh, then checked the vehicles, and then, um, then I got really worried. Alan asks Jessica to tell him exactly what happened in the hours leading up to Kelly's disappearance. It was a Sunday and um, he wasn't feeling very well and we were supposed to run some errands but he said he, you know, he just didn't really feel like doing it. Kelly and his girlfriend of three years, Jessica, have only been living in their Buford rental home for the past few months. It's just over two miles from Kelly's dad's house on Lake Lanier. Kelly wanted to live closer by to me where it was easier for him to work with me. So that was why they moved over here. On that Sunday, Kelly stayed home all afternoon playing video games and relaxing. According to Jessica, he only left the house once at around 9 o'clock p.m. to grab some things for Jessica from a local convenience store. We were just um, watching Netflix, just, yeah, just quiet night at home. And um, we went to bed at about 11.30, and Kelly was coughing and kind of tossing and turning in the bed and stuff. 
He'd been battling a sinus infection this time of year. Kelly always, you know, has a sinus infection. According to Jessica, Kelly had started coughing and she had asked him to go out and sleep on the couch because uh, she had to go to work the following day. She said about 3.30 in the morning, uh, she could hear Kelly out playing his Xbox. He was just sitting just right here in the chair playing his game, you know. I went back in the room, closed the door, you know, said he was just gonna finish that game and, and go to sleep. She said she shut the door, heard Kelly turn the Xbox off, heard him cough, and then that was the last that she had contact with him. She said that was about 3.30. When Jessica woke up four hours later to take out the dogs, Kelly wasn't where she last saw him. You know, the comforter was laid out here. The headset that he wears to like play in the on gaming thing was here. The pillow from the bedroom that he had taken out here was here. The remote control to his game was set here. So it seemed to be he set the remote down, got under the comforter, took his headset off, and then, you know, I don't know. So then I'm like, okay, well, maybe he went to the gym. But then she notices Kelly's truck and car are still in the driveway. You know, I'm calling his name, thinking maybe he's upstairs. I look and search the whole house, and then I, then I call him. And when I call him, I hear his phone. It's on the couch, under the comforter. I hear it vibrating. According to his family, it was highly unusual for Kelly to leave the house without his phone. I knew something was wrong then. I just knew. On the morning of January 5th, 2015, 25-year-old Kelly Nash was planning to supervise the construction of a new home in Buford, Georgia, under the guidance of his father and boss, Alan Nash. But instead of meeting up at the office, Kelly's dad, Alan, is at Kelly's house trying to figure out where his son has gone. The circumstances are so strange that Alan asks Kelly's girlfriend, Jessica, to call 911. I called the police and said, you know, something's wrong. You know, his phone is here, his wallet is here, his vehicle is here, all of our vehicles are here, and Kelly's just gone. Jessica tells them Kelly has no history of mental illness or drug abuse, and she only noticed he was missing about an hour earlier. They said typically, well, they don't do anything, you know, until it's at least 24 hours. Waiting around is not an option for Kelly's dad. The temperatures the previous night were close to freezing, and if Kelly is out there, injured, he needs help. The search for his son needs to start now. I called Kelly's mom, who lives in Destin, to make her aware of what was happening. I got a call from his dad on Monday morning that they couldn't find him. Beverly, Kelly's mother, lives in the Florida Panhandle a six-hour drive from Buford. She moved there three years earlier after she and Alan divorced. The split was hard on 22-year-old Kelly, who was a junior at Auburn University in Alabama. He ended up taking time off from college to help his mother settle into her new life. Kelly was very protective of me with me being away. He would tease me about, well, hey, Mom, I'm going to put a GPS on your phone so I can always know where you are. You know, and I was like, hey, that's fine as long as I can put one on yours. But unfortunately, he doesn't have his phone with him. 
So I decided that it would be my best interest to just come up here. And if I got here and Kelly had been here, then I would, the benefits I would have gotten to see my son. While Kelly's mother is en route to Buford, his sister, Holly, is just waking up to the news that her brother is missing. I was sitting there drinking coffee and um, my dad's girlfriend Leanne said, you know, Holly, don't want you to freak out because we don't really know what's going on, but Jessica called and we don't know where Kelly is. With five years between them, Holly has always watched out for her little brother. I just had so many moments I could just be proud of him. Like, I felt like a little mama. <laughs> When he was a little tiny boy, you know, I watched him, you know, just start playing basketball and move into just an amazing basketball player. Kelly loved basketball, and he played basketball for Lakeview Academy. Tried everything, played some soccer, played baseball, played, was just, I don't know what it was about basketball. Loved it and made tons of lifelong friends. I uh, met Kelly when I first went to Lakeview Academy in 10th grade, and we just kind of hit it off. And Kelly isn't just into sports, he's also an avid reader. He is very smart, one of the smartest people that I know. Kelly's very philosophical, so we would just discuss books and writings and things. He's just, he's an intellectual. When Holly finds out her brother's missing, she believes there's probably a good reason. Going through my head is, oh, he just must be mad about something and maybe went to a friend's house or, you know, so then I started calling his friends. I was not concerned immediately. I thought, you know what, this is Kelly. He's a very independent person. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he walked away for a little bit just to be by himself. But back at Kelly's house, there are other disturbing details that come to light to suggest that Kelly's departure might not have been so planned. That morning when Alan came over to help me look and you know and everything, we saw that too on the TV screen that it said, you've been taken back to the title screen because you've been inactive. Jessica says the last time she saw Kelly, he was in the middle of playing a game on the Xbox. So he did not finish the game. His character just went idle. It almost seems as though Kelly was interrupted by something or someone. Alan knows Kelly owns a gun. And if this theory is true, he wants to know if his son was armed. We started to look and found the case and the guns, just the gun in one clip is gone. And then there's still the one clip in the case. Well, you know, if his, if his gun's missing, maybe he heard a noise, maybe he grabbed it. And did he hear something outside? And he grabbed his pistol before he went outside? Oh, if he had a pistol, then what happened to him? How could anything have happened to him if he had his pistol? Yet it's hard for Kelly's loved ones to think the six foot two, 215 pound athlete couldn't have defended himself. Kelly's very physical. He, you know, coached jiu-jitsu. Like he coached it. It would take a lot of guys to take him down. And there's something else that isn't sitting right with Kelly's girlfriend, Jessica. We come in and out of the house through this door right here. This goes down to the basement where we park our cars. So we, we rarely use the, the front door. This is the door that we go in and out of. And when I came down that morning, it was about to here open. And as you can tell, it's not a door that just can easily come open. You really have to push it too. So it's odd that it would be, that it would be open. Maybe he heard something and came downstairs. And then again, I don't know after that. That's the most logical thing that I can come up with that makes sense 
But then what after that? I'm clueless. <laughs> Alan and Jessica are panicked. They need to start looking for Kelly immediately, with or without the help of law enforcement. Alan and I and both of our dogs walked this area for about a mile out, just in the surrounding area of our home. And we did that, uh, and Kelly had only been missing at that point for four hours. In the early afternoon, the Gwinnett County Police Department, after the urging of Kelly's family, breaks their 24-hour protocol. We did get someone to do a report. They came out, and it was a beat officer who did the report. The first policeman, yeah, he, he definitely went through everything. He looked through Kelly's phone to see, you know, if there was phone calls made. Um, he looked through my phone. He looked through everything. According to the police report, an officer finds the most recent call on Kelly's cell phone was made to Jessica just minutes before she says she last saw him. The officer cross-checks Jessica's phone. Kelly's call was picked up by her voicemail. The 28-second message is eerily silent, with only a few muffled words. Was this just an accidental call, or was Kelly trying to tell Jessica something? They don't see anything, I guess, that seemed abnormal. Although strange, it doesn't indicate a crime. There's not a crime, per se. But what you do know is, this isn't right. Maybe this happens, but it doesn't happen to Kelly. 25-year-old Kelly Nash mysteriously disappeared from his home sometime after 4 a.m. in Buford, Georgia. And the circumstances are concerning. According to his girlfriend, the garage door was left ajar, and Kelly's pistol is missing from its case. I don't know what that means, honestly. You know, he, he wasn't a, a pistol-carrying guy. You know, he never had it in his vehicles. According to Kelly's father, just hours after Kelly goes missing, his family puts relentless pressure on the authorities. When someone goes missing, there's nothing against the law for a 25-year-old man to walk away. This is what he drove every day. The father, he had contacted the police on the afternoon of January 5th. Uh, he said it was completely out of character for Kelly to just up and disappear. But since Kelly left without his wallet, cell phone, or truck, Tracking his moves is nearly impossible. He was a, a fully competent adult male, 25 years old, and you know that doesn't meet the search criteria, so to speak. Our biggest struggle was getting someone to listen. When you have a missing person and if they don't get on it immediately, I'm pretty certain that a lot of potential clues, you know, get lost in the shuffle. We couldn't just sit there and wait on law enforcement to say, okay, um, we'll jump in here now. Um, we, we, just, we just couldn't do that. As the word spreads, dozens of family and friends show up at Kelly's house to help search for Kelly. That Monday, as soon as I found out, I drove up here and we were just doing a very unorganized search and we were handing out flyers. Uh, right, in, right in front of his house to people that lived on his street. Kelly's mother, Beverly, arrives at her son's house just as friends and family start to organize. A few hours later, the Gwinnett County Police Department sends a detective out to Jimmy Dodd Road 
to begin an official investigation into Kelly's disappearance. They finally did come and talk to us. We did a, a media release uh, that evening to basically get his information out. Once the release goes out, the news crews jump on the story. Uh, we spent the holidays with him, and, and he seemed to be in great spirits. We're just making sure that we had our bases covered and, and just trying to get the word out that, hey, you know, we're looking for you. On little sleep, the Nashes and their growing army of volunteers start searching at daybreak. I had to keep myself busy, so I started mapping out everywhere we'd searched, everywhere we'd looked at, and, you know, hung it on the wall, kind of like you see on TV. Part of the day's effort is to gather as much security footage from businesses close to Kelly and Jessica's home. If Kelly did walk away, maybe he was caught on camera. It would give us a little more indication about, you know, was he still wearing what he had on the night before? Did he have warm clothes? Did he have, you know, a, a bag with him? A gas station about a half a mile from Kelly's house provides his family with a copy of the security footage from the night Kelly went missing. They frantically scroll to the 4 a.m. hour. Minutes pass, and there is nothing of interest until the clock hits around 4.30 a.m. I do confirm that there's an individual walking um, on the side of the road. Unfortunately, you can't enhance the image enough to see if that's actually Kelly. It's so hard to tell. Definitely doesn't look like the way he walks, but if it's cold outside and you're moving quickly, you never know. It was a little blurry. The gas station is between Kelly's home and his dad's. If the grainy image is Kelly, perhaps he had decided to walk to his father's house. It was freezing, he was coughing, he didn't feel well. I would have never guessed that he would have walked to his dad's at 4 a.m. I don't see any reason why he would be walking at that time. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. I hope it was him, because that would tell me that he walked off. Kelly's mysterious disappearance is unbearable for his sister, Holly. There's Kelly. She and her husband just moved back to the area from Alabama, and she's been looking forward to spending time with Kelly. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We were still looking for a rental house and trying to find you know, where we were going to live and everything. And he was just like, oh, I'm so excited you're going to be here. Just one week earlier, Kelly invited Holly to lunch, and everything seemed normal. He seemed excited about, you know, construction, working for my dad, building houses, and he was telling about how he was about to, he was about to graduate. The same day, another video surfaces from the gas station, but this one is taken from inside the convenience store. The video shows Kelly around 9 p.m., just hours before he went missing. I could see him pulling up, getting out of his car, going into the station. And uh, he was on the phone with Jessica and picked up some items and went up and talked to the clerk. It just looked like typical Kelly, whistling, wearing his pajama pants and his boat shoes and his T-shirt and jacket. That's normal. He looked happy. I mean, it just looked like a normal trip to the store that he's made a hundred times or more. It's comforting for Beverly, Kelly's mother, to see that nothing seemed off, but it's also painful. I couldn't watch it for a long time. Um, Because I kept thinking that this is the last time I might see my son. As day two draws to a close, the search for Kelly is gaining momentum. We realize, you know, we've got to create a, a Facebook page for Kelly Nash missing. And, and we did, and then all of a sudden it started getting shared and it, you know, the, it just kept building, building. As word spreads, family friends, volunteers, and a leading authority on missing persons flocked to Buford to help the Nashes find their son. She showed up and walked in and just immediately things just felt like, okay, we can leave it in her hands and she's gonna help us, she, she's, she's gonna find him. It's been two days since Kelly Nash disappeared before dawn on a cold January morning. A thorough search of his home by police has turned up nothing. All that's missing are Kelly, the clothes he was wearing, and a handgun. According to Jessica, she said that it was typically kept in a gun case, but they had just recently moved into the residence. Uh, So the gun, she said, could be in the boxes. It's unaccounted for this time. Kelly's mysterious vanishing has baffled his loved ones. They asked me, you know, does he have enemies? No. Did he just walk away and leave? That doesn't make sense. Did somebody take him? That doesn't make sense. Is he on drugs? No, he's not on drugs. 
After desperately searching for over 48 hours, the police and family call in for reinforcements. Well-known dog handler and search and rescue expert Tracy Sargent agrees to join the team. They had contacted me and said, you know, Tracy, could you come over and assist us and the family with these efforts? Even though the hour is late and the temperatures are well below freezing, Tracy wastes no time. We come fully prepared for all types of situations. In this case, it was temperatures uh, that were frigid and dangerous. Tracy's dogs are trained to find people, whether alive or dead. She's confident that if Kelly is there, they'll locate him. We're always going to start in the highest probable area first. So in this case, it was behind his home. But her dogs don't hit on anything. When she conducted the search of the house with her cadaver dogs, uh, she told me that if there was any, anything that occurred inside the residence or around the residence, that her dogs would have picked up on it. Based on the lack of evidence, police eliminate the theory that Kelly met with foul play at his house. The search for Kelly is picking up steam. The command center has moved from Kelly's living room to a warehouse in Buford. But because of frigid rain and the threat of lightning, dozens of volunteers are asked to go home. Yet Tracy and her dogs brave the elements. She wants to check out another hot spot, Lake Lanier. If the man caught on camera walking past the gas station is Kelly, he might have been heading to his dad's house. So we really left no stone unturned from the standpoint that if he made it to his father's house, which is actually located next to this cove uh, where the water is, uh, did he make it there and maybe accidentally slipped and fell in the water? You don't want to think the worst. Of course, the lake is, is a mile away from his home, and you know, everyone was kind of thinking that. Um, but at the same time, we, we just don't want to think like that right now. The theory plays along with some credible tips the police have received. We've had tipsters call in and say that they've seen him walking in or on roadways close to Lake Lanier. You know, so for there not to be any evidence of, you know, any foul play makes me think he had to have walked off. But at the same time, who walks off with, in their pajamas? To rule out this possibility, Tracy brings her dogs down to the water's edge and checks out one dock at a time. If Kelly or any evidence was here, the dog would detect that. What would take, let's say, a dozen or more people to search uh, hours, it would take them just a matter of minutes. And then there's a hit. All three dogs respond to the sixth dock from where they began the search. But there are no visible signs of Kelly. Tracy reports the finding to the police. Five days after Kelly's disappearance, the extreme cold lifts, and an official command post is open to accept a steady flow of volunteers. Anything we can do. This family was well-loved, well-cared for, well-respected, and everybody wanted to come out and help this incredible family. People that I don't know, that my family doesn't know, that are showing up here, that are going out and spending their days searching. It's just overwhelming to me. This shows what has been completed over the past few days. These areas such as Q, we're going to continue with search efforts here. I would not be surprised if we have not had at least 1,000 volunteers. And we've passed out probably 15 to 20,000 flyers and posters and things. And 
we're doing everything we can to find him. Just as a mother, I just can't imagine the how scared and worried you would be not knowing where your son is. It really touches you that there are people out there that are so warm and loving and care so much about Kelly and care about the family and, and will do anything to find him. While friends, family, and volunteers are on the ground, helicopters do aerial searches and rangers from the Department of Natural Resources bring out their sonar equipment to check Lake Lanier. The rangers are particularly interested in the coastline area where Tracy's dogs picked up a scent. But after a thorough search, they find nothing out of the ordinary. So we checked all possibilities and uh, came up with nothing. So again, perfect example in this day and age, it's so surprising how people can disappear without a trace. Every inch of terrain in a five-mile radius spanning out from Kelly's last known location has been combed to no avail. So, on Sunday, January 11th, one week after Kelly was last seen playing video games at his home, the official search is called off. They covered all these woods and, and they did everything they could do and he's not, not here. From one sense, that's comforting, but on other senses. Man, where are you? Holly, Kelly's sister, is holding on to the hope that fear is what's keeping her brother away. And then once the police were involved, I, you know, I had it in my head, well, maybe now he's scared. Maybe he doesn't, you know, he is so anti-confrontation. Maybe he doesn't want to have to explain, you know, where he's been or why he left. So I hold on to that. Two days after the ground search is suspended, the Nash family and their close friends are more determined than ever to find Kelly. They know it's key to keep his face out there. He sent all the different areas they're being put up at. He's not in this radius now. So it's something where now the rest of the world is your map. And that's what we got to do is we got to get it out to the rest of the world. Billboard Company is getting it out all over the place. We're getting Gwinnett County, Forsyth County, Hall County, all the counties around here. It's a major victory. Now, tens of thousands of commuters daily will get a glimpse of Kelly Nash. I think just getting the word out is what's important. You know, because someone somewhere has to know something. No one disappears without a trace like this. I'm hoping that if they keep seeing his face and keep understanding how much this young man's family loves him and, and wants him home, that, that they will step forward. For the past eight days, an army of volunteers has rallied behind a desperate family who has spent every waking moment searching for 25-year-old Kelly Nash. A beloved son, dedicated worker, student, friend, and boyfriend has gone missing without a trace, and no one can understand why. I know he's missing, and I don't know where he is, but seeing it on a billboard or seeing it on a poster it's hard. I can't. I can't deal with it. It's Friday at the command post. The Nashes and close friends are figuring out their next moves. They're continually updating the Facebook page. So our count is at 12, 920. That's not bad. That's a lot of people. They're instructing volunteers who seek to help get the word out. Ask people if you can put them up and they continue the quest for additional security footage 
that could help identify the mystery person caught on camera walking past the Sitco. It is kind of wild to think like this far into it that there's still areas with cameras that we haven't got, but that's the kind of thing we're dealing with where, you know, it's uh, we're having to kind of investigate things as we go. And then, later that day, their efforts pay off. A church one block away from the Sitco has a camera that points across their parking lot to Buford Dam Road. So, okay, the Sitco, that's the Sitco, correct? Yeah, I think there. so. Okay. Okay, yes, there is there's a figure moving. moving. Yeah, you can see him moving right there. I wonder, is there any way of uh, enhancing that? I doubt it. But at least it gives us a time frame. Hey, that 30 minutes ended up being longer than It's impossible to identify the shadowy figure. For now, the only way to keep the search for Kelly going is through the continued distribution of the missing person poster. This Saturday and Sunday, we're just going to do another push on flyers. But without an official ground search, the number of volunteers goes down drastically. Yet there are some who simply refuse to give up. There's a human being who is missing, and you, I just have to believe that somebody somewhere saw something that would be helpful and help bring Kelly home. The Nash family has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of community support. It makes me realize that, yes, there are some bad people in this world, but there are millions of wonderful people who have big hearts and are loving and caring. And that's what gets me through the day, quite honestly. That's what gets me through the day. It's no coincidence that people want to help find Kelly. The missing man has already touched many lives in his 25 years. And one young woman in particular would like to share her gratitude. Kelly played four years of varsity basketball, lettered all four years. And when he got out of school, there was a young lady in our neighborhood that played. The summer before his junior year in college, Kelly offered to train the aspiring athlete. Now, the girl is the star of her high school team and will go on to play college ball. She was going to score a thousandth point for Mill Creek. So we went to the game. She came to the sideline. She gave me the game ball. And the ball that she gave me um, was a ball that Kelly had used when he coached her between her eighth and ninth grade year. The Nashes are moved by the thoughtful gesture, especially at a time when leads into Kelly's whereabouts are diminishing. At this point in the investigation, uh, there's nothing to indicate foul play. My primary responsibility, uh, number one, is to attempt to locate Kelly. But the Nash family is determined. With the help of donors, they raise the stakes, offering a $50,000 reward for information leading to finding Kelly. We have to keep this out front to keep it at top of mind, because somewhere, I truly believe there's someone that knows something about Kelly's disappearance. Within 24 hours of the reward being raised, the family and police receive several new leads and potential sightings of Kelly. Some seem promising, but in the end, all are cases of mistaken identity. It's been 13 days since Kelly's disappearance, and the family and police are back to square one. Unfortunately, at this stage in the game, we don't know what happened to Kelly. Um, basically, we want you know some type of closure for the family or whatever that may be that may be, but 
at this point, we don't know. I say I'm okay, um, I go numb, and then I break down. I go numb, and then I break down. Um, mornings seem to be the hardest. It still doesn't feel real. I feel like I'm living in a nightmare that I can't wake up from. Like maybe I'm just laying in the hospital bed and I'm just, all the, the worst things in the world are going through my head and I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna, none of it's gonna be true and he's gonna just be standing there. But in just a few weeks, there will be a major development that will change the status of Kelly's case. Nearly five weeks to the day that Kelly Nash went missing, the police receive a call from a resident on Lake Lanier saying that a fisherman saw a body floating near their dock. The Hall County Sheriff's Department is on the scene, just a few miles from Kelly's home. The following day, the body is identified. Hall County Sheriff's Deputy Nicole Bales confirmed late Monday afternoon the body found in Lake Lanier Sunday night is that of Kelly Nash. She tells Fox 5 the 25-year-old who has been missing since January 5th was found in his pajamas. It's the same general area where Tracy's dogs hid on Kelly's scent just days after he went missing. But unfortunately, Kelly's body went undetected by the sonar search. DNR, Department of Natural Resources, did do some side scan sonar. That's why we believe that this was an issue of where he sank to the bottom of the lake, and then over a period of time, he did come afloat and drifted down to this area where he was located. Authorities say at this point they do not suspect foul play and believe Nash may have been in the water all this time. The search for Kelly is now over, yet there are many questions that need to be answered. Over four weeks pass, and an autopsy report is still pending as the coroner and detectives continue to investigate Kelly's case to determine an official cause of death. Meanwhile, the Nash family has retreated from social media and the public eye to grieve their loss in private. Kelly made this world a better place. The way he looked at life, the way he really genuinely wanted to help people, wanted to make them feel better, wanted to help them be better. And I mean, I've never even met anyone who didn't love my brother. You know, a beautiful mind, a beautiful heart, just a good person. And I'm so proud of him, and I always will be. He was my son, but he was also my friend. Um, and, and if it weren't for Kelly the last few years, I don't know what I would have done. He's really been there for me. I couldn't have asked for a better son. I want to tell you, no matter where we were, job site, here, no matter where, he and I always parted with a hug. And I, lo I love you. Always. Always without fail. Man, I miss him.